0: Welcome to The Commentary, a weekly conversation about vision, worship and life at Grace Presbyterian Church. I'm Mark Bertrand, the pastor of Grace, and my fellow commenter in today's episode is Cameron Brooks. What are you thankful for? Have you counted your many blessings and named them one by one? These are the inevitable questions whenever the Thanksgiving holiday rolls around, and for many of us, they spark an uncomfortable realization that we do not feel as grateful as we should. In this episode, Cameron and I approach the topic of gratitude from the perspective of those who struggle with it. Where does gratitude come from? What are the obstacles in its way? And is there anything an in-grade can do to cultivate a greater sense of thankfulness?
1: By the time this episode releases, we will have had our Thanksgiving Eve service at Grace and hopefully had some sort of Thanksgiving celebration as well. Pastor Mark, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving this year? I'm usually pretty passive when it comes to
0: holiday plans. I think because I'm so focused on uh, church stuff, you know, like yeah. like I'm much more focused on the Thanksgiving Eve service. And Lori informed me, uh, I think just yesterday, she she said, in passing you know we're hosting for thanksgiving and i was like "No, i I didn't know that but okay great thanks for letting me know Mm. so really for me it's it's uh not you know I'm, i'm once i'm done with that service on wednesday night going into the thursday i'm usually you know thinking oh okay um I have a little bit of time to relax, but I need to think about Sunday. So yeah. <laughs> you know.
1: That's interesting. So it's almost more of a liturgical holiday or celebration for you. I think so. Yeah, it's it's this will sound
0: weird, but since we've been doing the Thanksgiving Eve service, I feel like it is the most uh significant part of that celebration for mm-hmm. me. And I guess that's not that strange. If if we were saying that about uh, Christmas or Easter or something, then I would, I would have misgivings, I guess that, that, um, you know, I, it's hard to say, well, I think Christmas Eve is more important than Christmas day or whatever. Yeah. But, but in this case, um, for me, the most meaningful part is actually the preparation for the day.
1: Hmm. Now, Not a lot of churches, or at least not all churches, have a Thanksgiving Eve service. So how did that come about at Grace?
0: It's a good question. I've never been part of one before, but back in, I think it was 2015, we were having a conversation, a group of elders talking, and the suggestion was made, I think by Lyle, that uh, we could do a Thanksgiving Eve service. And I was like, yeah, you know, we could. And I immediately started thinking in terms of, um, expressions of gratitude in scripture and in the Christian tradition, thinking a little bit about the Christian foundations of Thanksgiving, at least the Thanksgiving story uh, attributed to the pilgrims. And so I thought, yeah, you know, there's, there's something here that could be really <laughs> worthwhile for us. And and also, although it's true that Thanksgiving Eve services aren't really the norm Um, the services of Thanksgiving throughout the Reformed tradition were actually quite common and it wasn't unusual whenever there was some reason to be grateful to have some kind of religious observance to focus people specifically on gratitude directed towards God.
1: Yeah, I mean, I particularly love the service and it feels a little bit like Christmas Eve does Hmm. in that sense where we're, we're preparing our hearts the night before for some great feast and celebration the next day. And, you know, yeah, growing up, I didn't have that experience with Thanksgiving either. It was just sort of a cultural thing, a family thing. But now it really is a chance for us to slow down and to think about the, the role of giving thanks in our lives as Christians, which is just great.
0: Yeah, I think especially now 21st century America when we think about what are the holidays about I'm doing air quotes around <laughs> holidays what are the holidays about I think the answer that that people of every you know kindred and creed will feel comfortable giving is oh it's about family yeah. right this is the time of year when far flung families reunite for a social gathering and and I think because of that because of the uh, let's say the warm and fuzzy aspect of a family gathering, but also let's say the stress and logistics of a family gathering. Mm. Anytime you do something like that, it really becomes the focus of that time, and so it's not unusual for people to celebrate on you know Christmas Day or on Thanksgiving Day and feel at the end of it like they didn't really have time mm. to think about what it was about because they're entertaining, because they're spending time, you know, reconnecting with people they haven't seen maybe since last time. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to have a time out and an opportunity to reflect. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do on, on Thanksgiving Eve. And it's, it's really designed to help us remember the orientation of our gratitude, Mm. you know, that as we're thinking about what we're grateful for, it's God who is the source of all blessings. Mm -hmm. And so this service
1: helps to remind us of that. Yeah. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit more in depth about the theology of gratitude. If we could, I think that all Christians know that gratitude is kind of important. You know, like you just said, all, all gifts come from God but biblically speaking, where would you begin if you were going mm. to, to start a biblical theology of, of gratitude?
0: Well, it's funny. So this isn't a biblical starting point as much as it is sort of a uh, things people think are in the Bible but maybe aren't Oh, yeah. starting point. But if you think about the, the words of that sort of cliched uh, prayer that, that you might pray before a meal, and for the blessings we are about to receive, may the Lord make us truly grateful. Yeah. I think that does contain a little bit of the structure in terms of we've received blessings and we respond to those blessings with gratitude. Mm. It also captures the idea that if it weren't for God's gracious intervention, we might not feel as we should, you know, mm. may he make us grateful. Yeah, And so I, I like that as well. Mm. So, Theologically speaking, like if you're thinking about the the grounds for gratitude, I think all of God's provision, everything that he does for us from giving us life, from making the world for us to inhabit, uh, the, the blessings that he showers on us, all of those things are reasons to be grateful. And gratitude is a response on our part to what we've received. Like we're acknowledging that God has given us all things and expressing like that feeling that, that we appreciate it. You know, we know that we're dependent and
1: we appreciate his taking care of us. So what do I do when I have reasons to give thanks, like you just said, and we do, but I don't, Feel grateful, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I that's common, yeah. <laughs> now I think
0: you know if you if you think about um, you know from the standpoint of the gospel, we might say that the the biggest reason we have to feel gratitude towards God is the grace that saves us mm-hmm. and it brings us into union with Christ. And because of that reality, we ought to live every day filled with gratitude. I mean that's. The, the Westminster way of uh, understanding obedience in the Christian life is as an expression of gratitude. Yeah. Like we don't obey so that we will receive blessings. We obey because we have received blessings. Mm-hmm. So all of our actions are a response. But if you think about that, it also reminds you of the difficulty because obedience is difficult and gratitude is difficult mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was trying to think about this earlier and I could be forgetting a significant holiday, but off the top of my head, I couldn't come up with another holiday that is so closely identified with an emotion. Mm -hmm. You know, Thanksgiving the name gives it away. Like, how am I supposed to feel? I'm supposed to feel thankful yeah. throughout the, the Thanksgiving experience. People are going to ask, well, what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? And, and that sort of thing. And you're kind of encouraged to have, you know, answers that you can give. I'm one of those people that whenever there's like an official way to feel about something and people are going to start asking me questions like that, I, my heart tends to go in the opposite direction. <laughs> you know, I feel yeah. less grateful. Yeah. The more people ask what I'm grateful for. And you know, that's one of many reasons I think why modern people struggle to feel on Thanksgiving, what we're meant to feel. So it's not unusual. And I don't know if, if we were going to dig into why that is, it, it might help to think about the components of gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, think about what, what are the, the factors that contribute to it? And maybe this is oversimplifying, but I think, you know, on the one hand perspective is essential mm-hmm. to gratitude. And on the other memory is mm-hmm. essential. Like I need perspective because I need to be able to see that I have received something. So if I look around and I see that not everybody enjoys the benefits that I have, that there really are good things that have been given to me, if I can recognize that, have the right perspective on it, I think that's a component of of gratitude. But there's also that sense of memory that's important as well. Like you have to remember the good things, the blessings, the advantages Mm -hmm that you've received over time. Otherwise we tend to be very focused on, you know, what's happened today, what's happened this week or whatever. So those two things together, having perspective and then having memory seem to me to be the things that help us be in a state of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it that way, you can also see what the obstacles are. You know, the, the, the obstacle to perceiving our blessings is self absorption I can't get a proper perspective on where I 'm at as long as i 'm really kind of in a bubble only considering my situation yeah. you know which is why a lot of self absorbed people are miserable and think everything is against them that life is always you know giving them a raw deal. And they are focused on that sense of grievance and have a difficult time getting beyond it. Because if you are focused on self, you'll never gain the perspective that might prompt real gratitude. Hmm. And I think, you know, on the other hand, if memory is essential to gratitude, that tendency to lose track of things, uh, to lose track of what's happened in the past, to um not only lose sight of what's happened in my own life but but also lose track of the history that's led up to here the more susceptible we are to presentism you know just mm-hmm. focusing on right now yeah. the harder it is to have that sense of gratitude because we're like the man that James describes the the, the guy who's a hearer of the word but not a doer.
1: Yeah, he looks in the mirror. Exactly. He sees himself and then he, he leaves and he forgets what he looks like.
0: Right. I mean. So he has that moment of realization when he sees his reflection, but as soon as he walks away, it's gone. Mm. And I think a lot of times that's how we are. Like we lose track of who we are. We lose track of what's happened in our lives. And as a result, it's harder to, to conjure up a sense of gratitude. Mm
1: yeah that's helpful and frightening too the way I think that that kind of short sightedness actually leads you to be even more selfish, you know right or so self focused
0: yeah yeah if self absorption makes it so that you're only focused on on kind of where you're at and and you have no sense of what's happening in other people's lives, I think the tendency to lose track of our own history. Not only have we lost our contact with the people around us, but we've lost our contact with our past self. Mm. You know, we don't even really have a communion with ourselves to remember the good
1: things that we have enjoyed. Yeah. Well, it just makes me think of all the Psalms of Thanksgiving, so many of which are psalms of memory, looking back and praising God for his acts of redemption in history. Israel saying, you know, praise God for doing this and this and this. I mean, we have sort of a antiphonal responsive psalm that we do on, on that Thanksgiving Eve service. What That's is right. that one?
0: It's Psalm 136. Okay. And the beauty of Psalm 136 is... It does have that constant refrain, yeah. for his steadfast love endures yeah. forever. It's almost like, don't forget this. Right, you know? right. <laughs> Remember. It's, it's uh, just constantly punctuating every phrase with that idea yeah. of God's steadfast love, his faithfulness. But what's fascinating about the psalm is the, the distance it travels, because at a certain point, it sounds like it's going to be an inventory of the greatness of God and maybe a little bit of you know theology proper. We're going to talk about God's attributes oh, yeah. and how wonderful he is. But then it takes a turn into history and it starts talking about his deliverance of the people and the way that he led them out of Egypt and the way that he uh, led them into the land of promise. And that psalm, I think... Is a good representative of the genre you're describing, where the act of Thanksgiving is also an act of historical memory. Yeah, you know, we recount the history of what God has done, and that's what prompts our gratitude. Hmm. You know, I think that's that's uh, reading those Psalms and reflecting on them is not only you know encouraging to us but it also teaches us how israel dealt with the problem of ingratitude you know how did israel cope with its own self-absorption its own tendency to lose track of things you know what remedies did, did israel apply and you see in a sense that the the way to push back against the laws of memory is to erect monuments and those psalms are like so many monuments to what's mm-hmm. happened in the past, yeah. reminders of God's good deeds. They're they're um, memory aids, yeah. You know, and if you grew up singing those things, I think it would be really natural in your own life to picture how new refrains mm. might be added. Mm. The
1: things that God did
0: in your lifetime. Yeah.
1: Another memory aid might be the elements of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm thinking of this book I read in seminary by a a scholar named B.A. Gerrish. He wrote a book called Grace and Gratitude. And it's on the theology of Calvin's, well, his his theology of the Eucharist, Calvin's theology of the Eucharist. And that title just always struck with me. Grace, gratitude, grace, gratitude. And Gerrish's argument is that for Calvin, that is the essential movement of the Christian life. Hmm. God's grace coming to us in the elements, for example, and our response of gratitude again and again and again. And that seems right to me. And of course that's not just Calvin's idea. I think you could see that in Paul and in Jesus and elsewhere, but I think it's a a nice alliterative way to remember the Christian life that God's grace comes to us and precisely because it is grace the appropriate response is gratitude, not some form of like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, what else is there? You well, know? <laughs> and I think that that's a basic
0: unit you can see repeated in a lot of areas mm. of theology. You know, if you think about what's the distinction between justification and sanctification, I think I could say in, at least in one sense, well, it's the difference between grace and gratitude, mm. right? There's this gracious justification. God declares me righteous. And then I respond in sanctification out of gratitude, following after him. Yeah. Uh, obviously he's also working in me to will and do his good pleasure, but you get that structure. You know, and in the service we have the same thing. You know, the gospel is proclaimed in the sermon, and then we come together and celebrate mm. at the Lord's table, and you might think of that as a feast of thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? That we are doing it the way we do it. Because it's meant to have the character of thanksgiving. Mm. That's why we don't observe the Lord's Supper with a sense of um, what's sometimes called morbid introspection, but rather one of thanksgiving and joy, because that's what it's all about. You know, it's it's not meant to be something that we should treat as if it's. Uh, you know highly dangerous and volatile best to do as infrequently as possible yeah. and you know instead it's yeah. it's you know an invitation is being made mm-hmm. and we join in thanksgiving at the table because we have received these blessings from him so yeah. yeah i think you could see in our practice in our message in our theology that structure repeating itself over
1: and over again mm-hmm. Before we close, I want to point at something that you just said about gratitude being associated with sanctification. That's something that seems unique to the Reformed traditions, but I I could be wrong there. (laughs) I'm thinking of Keller especially, who writes so much about the way the gospel melts your heart, changes your heart, moves you, the love of God kind of sparking in you this sort of gratitude that leads to obedience. And that's essentially what sanctification is. It's this response or at least ideally this response of gratitude, which is interesting because it means gratitude isn't just like worship. I mean, it is (laughs) maybe I'll take that back. It's not just sitting around and eating, but it's also obedience, but it's obedience from a certain kind of heart change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the substance of gratitude is surely, and it's an emotion, like I said, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a, an active one, yeah. right? That the, the best expression of gratitude is not to say thanks. It's to do thanks, Right. And so yeah. the, even in that language, like we give thanks, you know, the giving mm-hmm. is an action. So, there's a, let's say, like a feeling of gratitude that's a component of this, but also the expression of mm-hmm. gratitude that completes it. You know, it's, it's one thing to feel grateful, but you really bring it to fruition when you actually express that gratitude. And, yeah. and in this case, expressing it corporately, you know, that we mm-hmm. together express our Thanksgiving is, I think, a big deal. Because mm-hmm. the idea of memory is a corporate one the the songs of remembrance of israel were corporate songs i think the individual you know <laughs> believers of israel could see themselves in those songs and understand that they were individually included mm-hmm. but the songs themselves were a celebration of what he had done for us mm-hmm. you know he has done great things for us and so that's you know, part of the, the memory thing is that it's, it's that um, collective experience. But why that's significant is that the keeping of memory is collective. Hmm. It's, it's not just that it, it happened to us, but that we are the caretakers of it. So I think Thanksgiving finds its highest expression in the context of community, because the community keeps the memory so that whether each individual knows it or not remembers it or not the church as a whole keeps that knowledge alive and and shares it with the individual members of the congregation so yeah i mean that that's maybe we're we're in danger of making things too abstract but (laughs) but i i really do think that there's a a sense in which by, by focusing as a congregation on gratitude, we not only give ourselves an opportunity to remember, oh yeah, I've got a lot to be grateful for, but we also encourage in one another an appreciation for what we have to be grateful
1: for. So I'm hearing advice, if I don't feel grateful, go to church.
0: Yes, so I that is, that is good advice. It's always good advice. <laughs> yeah. I think we can we can go farther. Um, you know, I guess we've already kind of said if if I'm struggling with mm-hmm. gratitude, one rem- remedy is is monuments. You know, tangible reminders yeah. of the past blessings that I've received. So a habit of remembering is really important. Some people do this by uh, journaling. Some people, you know, make a record of what God has done in their lives. Other people will, in prayer, just spend a little bit of time trying to reflect and to bring to mind the things that God has done. It's incredible, as time passes, how much you forget. Yeah. You know, how many things that you were euphoric about when they happened. And, you know, a, a month later, <laughs> a day later, that euphoric edge is completely dulled and and you can't even remember oh yeah yeah that's right I forgot about that so getting into the habit of recovering those memories is really important but but there's another thing and this this is not so much about memory it's about uh, perception Mm -hmm. if self-absorption is the enemy of gratitude I think service is its greatest friend There's a funny thing Mm. that happens when you serve others, when you meet the needs of others. Not only does it pull you out of yourself, but a lot of times I hear people say, you know, I didn't realize I have it so good. (laughs) No matter how frustrated you are with what you don't have, Mm -hmm. spending a little bit of time serving others will make you grateful for what you do have and it can blunt the uh, like the voice inside you mm-hmm. that keeps telling you you've got to be focused on the stuff you don't have and how to get it. Yeah. You know, it it gives you perspective in the sense that you when you're serving others you're like, "Oh, you know, I, I my life is actually pretty good. It's mm-hmm. it's not as bad as I thought." But I think it also quietens the um covetousness Mm. and acquisitiveness that especially now we are all so attuned to, Mm. you know, that, that you become embarrassed by your blessings almost Mm. and not looking to just be, you know, showered with more, but rather you start thinking more in terms of how to share what you have.
1: I'm now, conscious that this episode drops on black Friday <laughs> so to, to all right, of you. you going out and shop. Yeah, so shopping if you're later listening today. to this on your way to the mall,
0: <laughs> not that anyone physically goes you're to the right. mall anymore, but yeah, the the, the metaphorical
1: right. online mall, this perhaps will give you yeah. something to think about. Yeah. Well, I really am grateful for this episode, but especially that last point, I, I find that to be so true myself that serving others meeting the needs of others does something inside of us. Even if I don't feel grateful beforehand, I tend to feel more grateful in the moment and after the fact. And I think it's a testament to to God shedding his grace on us, even in that kind of service. You
0: know? Yeah, you use the phrase meeting the needs of others. And I think that's right, that that sense of giving rather than getting mm-hmm. inspires gratitude. There's another thing you'll often experience in serving which is your inability to meet the needs of others and I think that too inspires gratitude because it gives perspective right when you begin to see the 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 scale of the need all around you you also begin to feel gratitude for what you have or have experienced or what you have that you can give this is true even with painful experience in life. There are people who have endured great hardship or suffering or trauma, and you would never say, hey, you should feel grateful for that. Right. But a person can come to feel a kind of um, gratitude that they were equipped to serve through that suffering, that because of what they've experienced... They can serve people who experience the same thing in a way that they never could have done before. And that ability to be of comfort and to be of aid can ironically give us perspective on even really difficult things and and give us a way of accepting and even being grateful to God for his faithfulness, even in our suffering. So again, there's, there's... this is a tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. and the more you pursue it the more you realize how a powerful what a powerful source service can be Mm -hmm. in stimulating gratitude Mm -hmm. and so yeah service memory these are things that prompt us individually and collectively to express our gratitude to God. And it's the reason why we do this at Grace, why we take time to really think about Thanksgiving and not just let it pass by as a- another holiday, but to really try to tune our hearts to our debt. You know, the, the, the attitude of, of absolute dependence that we recognize in, in the way that God provides for us and it leads us to thank him. Thanks for listening to The Commentary. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can rate us on your favorite podcast app and share episodes with your friends on social media. You can subscribe to The Commentary on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out more about us online, visit graceforsufalls.org.